the new standard in performance and safety. At 35,490 fully equipped and seven year warranty, the all new MGHS is value you've never seen before. Well, what an absolute special treat this week on Gibbo Goes 101, driven by MG, AFL star, junior basketball phenom from what I've been told, but most important, <laughs> I reckon, is a table, table tennis champion, Jack Watts. Thanks for joining me. Absolute pleasure, Gibbo. Thanks for having me on. You might now be I, um, brief a little bit there with the star comment, but um, yeah, happy to be here. Now, uh, MG, uh, one of our sponsors at the NBL, South East Melbourne Phoenix, obviously one of your sponsors at Port Adelaide, also a sponsor of this up-and-coming podcast. Now, I, I think we're both unfortunate and we don't actually get to drive one ourselves, but I've, I've been lucky enough to be in, been in one. Um, and I understand one of your young guys just got a new one as well. Yeah, well, as we were just talking about, you've got to be a good player to get given the, uh, the free cars these days. So I certainly don't qualify, but um, Connor Rosie... He's my favourite player at the club. He's going to be a superstar and he's just been given a brand new MG. It looks beautiful. Um, he says he loves it. He's, he's doing some pretty good work. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty happy to have him on board, to be honest. Um, at, at Port Adelaide, we're very fortunate. So, um, thank you, MG. MG, you guys are the best. Now, I understand you just finished practice. Um, obviously, you're injured. Um, how's that all? First of all, how, is, how good is it to have footy back? Um, I know as a, a fan and a viewer to have footy back on TV, but you guys as players, it must be cool to have it back finally uh, playing games. Yeah, it gives you something to do, doesn't it? Finally on the weekend and um, something to watch. And um, yeah, I guess for me, I was out for, so what's it been? I played my first game against opposition on the weekend in 16 months. So uh, it's been a pretty long, long uh, process to get back there, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty exciting and enjoyable to get out and play some footy and, um, the boys are playing pretty well as well at the moment. So sitting pretty on top of the ladder and pretty good spot to be. How, uh, how are you going? Obviously with the injury, um, do you have an expected return date um, when we can see you back out there on the field? Is it still going to be a little while or how's that all going? Yeah, go, going really well. Um, had a few little hiccups and not hiccups, but just a um, bit of soreness while I was coming back and over the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, probably these last two weeks have been as good as I've felt. And, um, and yeah, as I said, played in the twos on the weekend. So yeah, from, from here on in, it's really just, um, you know, hopefully I can push a case. But when, when the ones are winning by 85 points every week and <laughs> um, makes it a bit tougher to, to break into. But um, no, hopefully I'll get a gig to go up to, to Gold Coast uh, with our squad, go up there and and try and train the house down and, uh, and yeah, just wait and see. It's a long, long season, a lot of injuries and, uh, you know, you need pretty deep squads. So I'll be ready when, uh, when I get my, my time, my call up. How's it been? Um, obviously you didn't play on the weekend in the ones, but with the no crowd, uh, watching it on TV, you hear the fake noise and stuff and it's still, it's all right. But has anyone said anything about playing in front of no crowd? Is it like a, kind of a scrimmage, just like a practice match or... Just like another game. Yeah, well, I guess it's, it's there's little parts of that. It probably feels like a training session at, at times, but um, then you've got to realise that there's four points on the board and, um, you know, each game's pretty important. But I think for us, you know, in, in Adelaide, we sort of have such an advantage of, you know, a home ground advantage when teams come over and play against us and we've got, you know, 45,000 people in the, in the stands all barracking for us. Um, you know, it's a bit different back in Melbourne when... 
you know, you've probably got 10 or 15,000 from the opposition um, at their away games. So, uh, yeah, it's a little, little bit different, but um, hopefully everyone's being good and behaving themselves and we can get um, some supporters there pretty soon. I'm intrigued with your whole isolation schedule. So for us basketballers, we don't need, um, I guess, a lot of miles in our tyres. Like you guys run a lot of kilometres, physical sport. Like how's the whole isolation thing been? I'm sure you guys have your own great programs, but staying in shape, the whole physical contact side of things and, and I guess training for all that. Yeah, it was, it was a real sort of um, learning curve to start with. Um, and... To be honest, I was pretty thankful that I'm one of the old boys now and you sort of, you do learn how to, you know, your training standards and how to push yourself a bit. Whereas if I was in my first couple of years, I can tell you I would have been missing a few extra sessions and um, probably would have come back a little bit uh, underdone, I'd imagine. But um, yeah, so I, I went back to Melbourne as soon as it all happened, went back to um, you know, family and friends and my sister had just had a baby. So it was good to sort of see her and see, see little Ava and then... Um, what sort of helped me was um, one of my best mates. Um, he's always been, you know, not not super fit, and so if he came with me to do a session, he'd be sort of struggling a little bit and drop out after a couple of sets. And then I went back there this time, and first session he said, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll come for a run. I've been doing a bit of running." And so the first session we go out there, and I'm thinking I'm probably getting towards the end, and I probably dropped him. And I look behind me, and he's right on the hammer. So that was a bit of uh, extra motivation, I guess, for me to, to stay fit and um, get the running going. But yeah, we did. I guess the hardest thing was was just the physical stuff that we couldn't we couldn't get in. So we pretty much just ran and and tried to stay strong, did some weights and stuff like that. But um, you, you didn't really get that um, footy practice. Whereas, yeah, for you guys, you can jump on the court and shoot a thousand balls, and you know. It's a, lot, it's a lot different. Obviously, with you guys being back, was there a lot of extra drills to try and work on that tackling and all that, you know, the bumping? Because I'm assuming if you haven't practiced that kind of stuff, like potential for injuries and shoulders or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So has that been any kind of focus or? Yeah, we, we sort of just got straight into it, to be honest, just straight into footy. And, um, you know, that they put a lot of trust in us to come back fit and um, come back and... and have, having done the program that they set so um yeah it's it's just been all footy and contest and uh, because we had a, i think it was about a three or four week little mini pre-season um yeah. before we got into game so pretty much all of that was straight into yeah bash and crash and get used to playing again so what i've been told is you as a junior were quite the basketballer um <laughs> up in sandringham i believe yep yeah, uh, I hear under fourteen uh, Sandringham team of the national champs. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, was was basketball always? I mean, um, you obviously did both. There's a lot of athletes. You know, I grew up playing footy. A lot of footballers played basketball. Was that something you loved doing as a junior? Um, growing up playing both. Um, obviously, for anyone that doesn't know, you went. You had a scholarship to AIS. Um, Vince Crivelli, who's now the GM at Melbourne United, I asked him for a little insight and says one of the most talented basketballers he's seen and he's <laughs> open to some early morning individuals if you're ever keen. But um, I guess how did, how did basketball kind of come along and then the decision to eventually go to football? Yeah, well, I guess basketball was probably my first, you know, real love. And, um, you know, compared to footy, it, it gets pretty serious early on, doesn't it, compared to 
so you know as you said i was sort of um i can remember one one session vince got me down there training with daniel dylan and i was a young kid and I ended up, it was about 4.30 in the morning, I ended up spewing up on the court because I was that nervous and cooked. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it and, and it, was, um, it certainly was a real passion. And, um, but yeah, it got to that point of about 15 years old when I got that AIS offer and um, you know, I was at school and I was loving my time at school with my friends and family. And, um, I just wasn't really ready to move away from home and, you know, sort of give up schooling and, and commit to a sort of, you know, that AIS lifestyle, I guess, training all day and fitting school around training. So, um, and then the, the real turning point for me was like, I think when I was about, when I, was, I was in year 10, I think, and I was playing in the under 18s state basketball and state footy teams. Uh, I was bottom age in the basketball team, Guy Malloy was my coach. And um, I was probably at, at the peak of my powers um, basketball wise then, and then playing footy on the weekend about five weeks, six weeks out from the tournament, um, ended up snapping my collarbone playing footy. So, um, so that put an end to that. And then, um, yeah, so trying to come back and playing basketball after that, I probably never really reached um, reached the same heights again and, and then got, got into footy and, um, and decided to take that up. But um, yeah, it's, you, you do sort of look back and think what if sometimes. You think, uh, you think if you hadn't had that injury that basketball may have, may have taken over, you said that was your first love or whatever. And um, I mean, I, I love playing football as well, but I don't know that I would have chosen football if basketball wasn't kind of there. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's easy to say now, isn't it? Um, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but, um, you know, when I look at blokes like, uh, you know, Delhi and Paddy Mills and those boys, I was, you know, sort of at a few camps with them and, you know, they used to run rings around me, but um, you watch those boys signing their $50 million deals over in the States and you think, geez. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if they had to try it a little bit harder or, you know, maybe exactly. go out that night or something like that, for sure. But um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's one thing to be a good good player as a kid, but um, you know those guys, as you would know, their work ethic and their determination and grit and, and all that kind of thing. You, you you just never know whether whether you'd make it or, or not. And um, but yeah, I certainly love it. And to be honest, I can't wait until I finish footy and I can sign up to the old Wednesday night hack team and and uh, try and get a, get some skills back. Were, um, were you offered a scholarship to go to Arizona back when you were younger? Um, not quite. I don't think um, it was on the table. But yeah, Vince. So Vince had um, some pretty good contacts, I'd imagine. And um, I think there may have been something in the works there with, with his contacts over there. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was all a long, long time ago now. Now, I don't know the whole school football the whole, how that all works. Obviously you went to Brighton Grammar, which I assume is one of the better schools you can go to. And then how does that AIS for football work? Um, is it similar to basketball? Um, obviously, I'm assuming there's not a lot of people that have been offered a scholarship to both basketball and football, both at AIS. Yeah, so the footy, the footy's not quite as um, intense, I suppose. Um, so you basically get selected by, I don't really know who selects it, to be honest, but 
um, talent managers around the country and they select 30 kids um, that they think have the most potential, I guess, to play AFL footy um, at about 15 years old, I think it was. Um, and so, and then you do probably, I think it was about three um, camps that we'd go up there and spend maybe a week or two up there and, and just get to, to know what sort of, what it takes to be a professional footy player or athlete or whatever it is. And then um, we also went over to South Africa and did like a three week um, tour over there, which was pretty special. Um, but compared to the, the, the ballers um, going in and living there and, you know, full-time athlete and um, not quite as intense. I know for me, coming from Tasmania, playing, you know, state or whatever, just locally in Tassie, to go to the AAS, to have three sessions a day, going to and from school, pretty much every day was like a massive wake-up call for me. I was, I didn't know what to expect. It was like a massive shock to the system. So I can imagine a lot of people wouldn't be able to like, it's, it's tough for anyone that's never been there. Exactly. And that, that's probably the one thing I realised, like growing up, like basketball was tough. It was just, you know, work ethic wise and, and hours. And, um, you know, I remember just going, getting up in the morning and you going and training at 5am and then going to school. And then I just think for my dad, you know, he's driving me around everywhere, driving me to training at five in the morning and then taking me to school and then picking me up and going out to Keysborough or Ivanhoe or whatever for, you know, under 18 state training and then coming back and, um, so yeah, it's just that that extra time that you can put into basketball because it's not quite as um, demanding on your body, I guess, um, compared to footy. So you can just put in hours of practice and practice and practice. So how um got to love it, I guess. Oh yeah, how um how cool or how special was it to be drafted number the number one pick? Obviously, it comes with a lot of pressure and. From my understanding, you had a great under eighteen nationals. I think you're a bottom age. I think. From reading Nick Nadneau was maybe top age and he was going to be the number one pick and then you obviously had an unbelievable nationals and I think you may kick the, the match winning goal maybe after the siren or something but that the whole process around obviously the nationals which are as I know a lot of fun to go to any kind of nationals um, but then the whole being drafted number one and that all excitement I guess around that yeah it was pretty surreal it was it was an amazing year for me um, I was, yeah, so I was bottom age um, for the footy. I was in year 11, still at school. Um, and yeah, sort of got picked and, and just lucky enough, yeah, played, played very well. We had a really good team and, um, and yeah, we ended up winning, winning the carnival. I won the best player at the carnival and, um, and then, yeah, still, still at school, year 11 and, you end up getting drafted, pick one to Melbourne, you know, a Melbourne team. And um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing time of my life and pretty special to look back on. And, um, you know, the hard, <laughs> the hard thing now is, you know, what, what followed and the, the next sort of five or six years were, were pretty bloody tough. Um, you know, sports wise, that's for sure. It was, I think that was the hardest thing, like being used to, you know, being a really good player and winning most things and, um, you know, basketball, we sort of won everything we sort of, we went after really. And then footy, I was lucky enough to win five premierships or whatever for my, my club at back home. So 
getting used to that and then and then going um going to play professionally and and you know we we really just struggled for six seven years um right down the bottom of the ladder winning two games out of 24 in in the whole year uh it was a big sort of contrast but yeah that that year in year 11 that was pretty special how good was it uh, going back to school the next day or whenever it was and just walking around and probably having everyone all over you just like hyping you up? That must have been a pretty cool, I guess, moment or next, like you said, you had a good year, but the next few months of that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, if only we were at a co-ed school giver, it would have been a bit better, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, no, nah, it, was, it was awesome. And it was, yeah, good to just enjoy it with, with my mates and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, you know, I was drafted end of year 11. So then my year 12 year was a bit interrupted and I wasn't able to play school footy um, at all with the boys. And um, so, yeah, just a few things that I, you know, looking back on, I'd, I'd probably change, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget my first game I played against um, Collingwood Queen's birthday in front of 70,000. We got done by about 60, 70 points again. But uh, the very next day, so all the boys, you know, finish, finish playing footy. And then the very next day, I had to go in 8 a.m., do my accounting exam at school. So <laughs> <laughs> just a bit of a weird setup. But, um, yeah, wouldn't change it for the world. Do, um, is that a common thing that, um, you know, kids, is that the age you get drafted when you're still in year 12? Or is it, has that changed at all? They they did change it actually the year after the year after we got drafted. Um, I was going to say that that's pretty tough to to be a professional and then you know go back and have to be at school as well. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah the the next year I think they changed it to um, you have to be finished finished year twelve, um, and they yeah they made the age a bit older. So I think that's definitely a good thing. Oh, it's a great thing by the sounds of it. Um, obviously, you're in Melbourne um, for those years, and then Port Adelaide was it um, a, a simple thing? If your time was up in Melbourne, or you wanted to change, um, I know I've been on teams where it just happens that you know for both parties, change is good. And um, I know living in Adelaide, it's, it's pretty easy to live there. I um, know they get behind their football. So was that like a choice on your part, or um, you just wanted to be in Adelaide? Were there other teams that you could have gone to instead of Port? Um, yeah, I, I think. As you said, it was a bit of a, you know, best of both worlds for both parties, I think. Um, you know, playing at Melbourne for nine years and there was a lot of, you know, turmoil and, and you know, negative sort of energy around it, I guess, from my first few years. Um, I think we got Rusey came in. He had a three-year three tenure where he had Simon Goodwin as, um, who was there ready to take over. And so I think when Goody... Goody got the job. Um, yeah, I think it was a bit of, you know, let's get rid of that sort of baggage and, and move on, really, um, for, both, for both parties. Even, you know, for me to, to get away from that and, you know, not have that stigma of being, the, you know, the number one pick and blah, 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 to get to a fresh start and a new team. Um, and Port Adelaide, yeah, it was, it was just a, the best fit. Um, There's a few teams. I, I sort of was trying to stay in Melbourne, but... Um, but in the end, yeah, Port Adelaide was the best fit and, um, and yeah, I've loved it over here. As you said, it's pretty easy living, that's for sure. Um, pretty relaxed and no traffic and, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it.
easy to get around. It's either cold or it's hot. There's no like hot then cold. Um, how have you found Ken Hinckley? We I know Ken like very a small amount from being on the Gold Coast when he was coaching up there. I was in Adelaide for four years and had a little bit to do with him. And obviously, you see him on TV and he's obviously a certain way. But I was listening to him on the radio and he actually seems like he's quite a funny guy. Um, how's he been in like just the coach where he's not always serious, but he has a bit of humour. He seems like he lets his, his players play. I know you guys have a few young guys that are kind of allowed to show who they are and just kind of play their way. Yeah, he, he's, he's been awesome. Um, I think he does definitely love, uh, you know, the development side of coaching. And um, so these young guys that have come in, you know, it's, it's sort of no surprise that they've flourished the way that they have with, with Ken um, at the helm because he really does just allow, it gives them confidence. He allows them to play the way they want to play. Um, and then, you know, there's also a lot of um, responsibility on the older guys to enable them to, you know, come in and just and have fun and play rather than, you know, have a whole lot of responsibility as a young kid, which which I think is how it should be. Um, but yeah, Ken, Ken's been great. He's he's um, he's very supportive, very, um, you know, to be honest, I don't envy um, head coaches, that's for sure. It's a bit of a nightmare job. So, um, you know, as soon as you lose one or two games, the media's all over you and they, they're asking for your head and then, you know, now we've won a couple early here and they're saying that he's, you know, the best coach in the world. So um, I certainly don't envy that side of it and he handles it very well. Any of your boys uh, into, into basketball? Um, I know I've seen other teams have hoops up and messing around after practice, shooting hoops or whatever, but any, any of the boys um, think they're potential hoopers? <laughs> well, it's a bit tough for us because... You know, the guys that used to play basketball, we've got that little sort of um, tag on our name and then we cop it from everyone else because they're saying, oh, you guys, you reckon you're that good at basketball? <laughs> um, so there's, there's a few. So me and Robbie Gray, Robbie was obviously, yeah, a pretty, pretty special talent in whatever he does. So he's very good. Um, and Miles Bergman, who's a young guy that we, we just drafted, he, he played for Australia and um, he was a very good basketballer as well. So a um, couple of us couple of us but um, there's a ring out the back in our little uh, indoor area so we yeah often get out there and have a shoot around and try and uh, take everyone on but Kenny actually fancies himself the most when we play <laughs> knockout surprise surprise so talks the most shit too <laughs> I believe that from his radio interview the other day he was talking shit to Billy Brownless and I was losing it <laughs> um, you guys get down and see any of the NBL games um, when uh, obviously teams come into town? Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't a whole lot over here in Adelaide. Um, back when I was in Melbourne and you, you spoke about Vince. So were you there when Vince... So when you won the championship with the Dragons, was Vince there as well? He was on the other team. Oh, he's on the other team. <laughs> Him and my head coach now, Simon Mitchell, they were a part of the Tigers. So my, my oh. two championships, two, uh, two out of three years, was against the Tigers. So... Uh, <laughs> wow. Was that Hammer Hill? Was that was Hammer Hill there at that stage, or was that nah, Hammer? Hammer had left, so it was Joe Ingalls and Worthington, and on that dragon scene. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I think I, I came to a fair few of those games. I saw Ingalls play there a couple of times, um, and yeah, then once Vince went over to, um, he went to the Dragons, didn't he? Well, he kind of. Uh, I'm not sure what he did. No, not he sure. wasn't with us. Well, I was only there for one year. Okay. 
I just flew in, got a championship, and then flew out back to the Gold Coast. Yeah, went, yeah. No, but yeah, I used to I used to get down there a fair bit actually in Melbourne because we we trained just across the, across the road at um, yeah. Amy Park and uh, would head over there and watch and yeah, it was pretty exciting. A couple of guys that I used to play against, Jason Kiddie, sort of doing some good things, and it was always good to see him and Brandon Tees, he's another one. So yeah, yeah, that was sort of my age group. Now, I know you've got a Labrador jet. I've got two labs. They have been the best thing during isolation. They yeah. do everything, but um, Hagrid's yeah. good, having a pet. Um, oh, it doesn't get any better, does it? Where is he? Here he is. Living the life. Look at him. <laughs> Up on his perch. <laughs> Living the life. Uh, he keeps me sane, that's for sure. Take him down the beach and, um, no, he's a good leveller. Um, also, I understand you bought or purchased a piano a little while ago, a few years ago. How's your, uh, how's your penis skills going? Um, uh, that was, um, yeah, I did that to woo a girl actually and um, try to impress her and I learned a couple of songs and then I haven't really jumped back on it since, but um, <laughs> it's definitely something I'd look to try and get back into eventually. But um, unfortunately, the, the musical talent didn't really get to our family. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Like music's a big passion of mine. I love going to gigs and um, love listening to music and you know, musical theatre and all the rest of it. I, I'm all over it, but I just have no idea what I'm doing when I give it a go. So... <laughs> Um, another thing now I'm house at it. I've had I got clubs when I was maybe four or five years ago. I reckon I've used them once, probably for putting around the house. But golf, I see you pick up golf. How how's your golf? You're not too bad at golf, I understand. But it's golf. Something, something's pretty cool to get away from sport and just go and have a swing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a bit of meditation time, really. Um, but yeah, very very passionate about golf. Um, my dad tried to get me into it early on, um, early days, because he loved it. And I hated it, had no patience for it as a young kid. And, um, and then once I got drafted and started to hang around with a lot of the footy boys, um, they were, a lot of them were, were right into it. So I probably started playing, yeah, when I was sort of 19, 20, um, taking it a bit more seriously. And, and lately now I'm just, I'm a tragic and it's a bit embarrassing really, but um, I love it. And, uh, yeah, still battling away. <laughs> One of uh, your young boys sent through a little question about, I hear, I hear Star Wars is something that you just absolutely love to death. Oh, I'm just a bit of a nerd, let's be honest. Golf, Labrador and Star Wars. Um, <laughs> musical theatre as well. Um, yeah, Star Wars is... Um, my auntie actually, um, back you know when I was growing up, five, six, seven years old, she was mad into Star Wars. So I started off on, on the originals, the four, five, and six, and then, um, yeah, have, have loved it ever since. I'll probably go through, through the, uh, the Star Wars marathon once a year. And, um, yeah, so that's another passion. Um, I don't know if you're still involved with the Cancer Council. I've done some stuff with breast, breast cancer. And the reason I got my two labs was I, in Adelaide, I was doing some stuff with the guide dogs. Are you still involved with the Cancer Council and, and charities like that? Yeah, not, not quite as much these days. I was, I was um, involved with the Vic Cancer Council over there um, and 
yeah, have had a bit of that in my family. My grandma had um, breast cancer and um, another family member over here in Adelaide's got breast cancer at the moment. So um, felt pretty passionately about that. But um, yeah, since being over here, haven't quite been as hands-on, but um, yeah, still stay in touch with them. And um, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world at the moment, isn't there? A lot, a lot of things that we try to need to try and help and improve, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's certainly one of them. Now, I mentioned earlier um, about your table tennis skills. Um, I've been told that you were national team bound at a very young age. Also, <laughs> I know that you hold or you went a three-peat um, in, when you're in Melbourne with the Demons um, team champ, table tennis champ. Uh, something that you're obviously very good at as well. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I mean, the competitive juices get you, don't they, when you're young and... We had a table back when I was pretty young and dad was reasonable at table tennis. So, you know, when I started off, I couldn't get near him and he beat me every single time and I'd just keep trying to play him and play him and play him. And then eventually I, I started getting him. And then my best mate growing up, James North, he's another one, little competitive prick that, um, you know, really gets after me. He used to beat me at cross country running and we'd play footy and basketball together growing up. And he's a lefty. So, We'd just play for hours and hours and hours. Um, and then I sort of didn't play for for a while and got got drafted, got to Melbourne, and then um, we got a table at the new facility and, and uh, everyone jumped on board. So there's a few of us, me and um, Shannon Burns, Jeremy Howe, Jared Rivers and uh, Roe Bale. We were sort of the, the crew that loved it. But uh, when it really mattered... I came out on top, you know, so. I like it. Now, something I think is pretty cool. You started your own business, um, swimsuit, swimsuits or swimsuit uh, trunks now. Squish? Squash. Squash, yeah. Squash. So squash is your, your label. Give that a bit of a plug. We'll put their little link up in a minute. But um, how did you get into that? Obviously, if you're in Melbourne, it must have been for about two months of the year because it's cold every other day. <laughs> You can't really rock some, some swimmers, but um, how did that all come about and how's that going? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, it's been going for geez, about five years now. So it's, um, yeah, it's sort of a, a proper business, which is exciting. Um, the name came about, this is actually quite funny. Um, so it's, there's three of us involved and Walshie and I, who sort of came up with the idea, we're very, I guess, business orientated and no yep. creative flair whatsoever and so our other mate jack turner he's our designer we asked him to come up with the name and he he said he was on a tram in melbourne and it was absolutely packed and um you know he was getting squished everywhere and he looked down and his his little knackers were just squashed up against the, up against the door and so that's where he came came up with the name squash and we ran with it so um that's where the name comes from. Um, Walshy, my mate Adam Walsh, he, he basically runs the show. He, he was very entrepreneurial as a kid. Um, he was one of those kids at school who was, you know, buying the slabs of um, Coca-Cola 24-pack for, you know, whatever it was, 15 bucks, and then selling them for two bucks each and making a little profit. And then from that, he went on to... Um, what were those wristbands, you know, the balance bands? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Power, power band or something. Power bands. He made thousands out of that at 15 years old and then was bringing over sort of gym gear and skipping ropes and all the rest of it from China as a 17-year-old. So I sort of just said to him, 
um, when we were young. I said, look, let's get into something. Let's try and um, start a business. And here we are five years later and it's, he's, he's working on it full time. And um, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's a lot of fun, actually. I'll make sure I jump on and get some there. And that's uh, www.squash.com.au forward slash. Now, you won't pay for any Gibbo. We'll get some sent out to you. Don't oh, worry about this, that. This is how this, this is how we work here. I love <laughs> it. Now, obviously, if you have a pair of them on, I understand you're a very light traveller. So if you've got a pair of the squash shorts, probably all you need is a plastic bag, a toothbrush, <laughs> and a passport. Now, I understand <laughs> when you travel, you travel light. Uh, Bali is obviously a beautiful, hot destination. So you probably don't need much else, but you like to travel light with so <laughs> the bare essentials. Jeez, you've done very, you've done some good homework here, haven't you? Uh, yeah, well, that was my first ever footy trip. Um, and I think we had the best and fairest the night before, so we're all out in the source. I was in year 11, mind you, um, going into, no, it would have been year 12. Yeah, year 12, going into my um, term three exams. And I've decided that, Team bonding was a bit more important, you know, I needed to get to know the boys. So a little week over in Bali for footy trip was uh, more important. And I got home that night, probably about four in the morning and, and we had to be at the airport at eight in the morning and I was pretty rattled and just grabbed a couple of, grabbed a toothbrush, grabbed the passport and thought I could buy the rest over there. So that was, um, oh, it was a good, good week actually, a lot of fun. Just the bare essentials, I love it. I had a couple left for you. Do you have a favourite basketball? Now I know Jordan, and I'll get to him in a minute. Um, favourite player growing up, I'm assuming, was him? Yep, yeah. Jordan grew up on all his tapes and his videos and his docos and all the rest of it. And so, yeah, the last dance that just came out was pretty inspirational, wasn't it? That was good, huh? Mm, yeah, it was intense. It just, like, I don't know. I guess it just sort of proved, like, I just think him as a, as a person, like I wonder how he would go in today's world, you know, with everyone being a lot more um, sensitive, I guess. And, yeah. you know, um, he was just a ruthless, ruthless person, wasn't he? Competitor. And, um, but he won. And I think that's what, that's why he could be the way he was because they won. And um, yeah, but at the same time, I do sort of hate the whole debate about LeBron and Jordan and, you know, like LeBron is just the most incredible player and person, I think, like off the court and everything he does and stands for is pretty special. And, you know, he doesn't have to be like Jordan, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't have to be a prick to try and, you know, make everyone do what he wants them to do. Um, he brings them along with him. And I think that's special in its own right as well. So... I get sick how they go on about it for so long and comparing two eras, like they're completely different eras. You can't like, yeah, that's, that's how I, that's where I get frustrated. They completely different times and you know, John was playing against these little guy, all this stuff, but you know, the, I old, say, the old boys are always going to think that their era was better and tougher. And the new guys are always going to say that we took a few boys. So, how do you compare him? I just remember watching that, like thinking how I, I don't remember be, uh, Jordan being that big and like being that athletic and just kind of dominating. Yeah. So that doc, doco for me was awesome to watch. Yeah. These days, who do I love these days? Um, Lonnie Walker's my new favourite. He just I, cut uh, his hair off. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Crazy. Um, but I reckon he'll be pretty special. I mean, hard to go past the Aussies. Ben Simmons. Jumped on board with uh, with Philly. Um, 
do you get over? Do you try and get over? I mean, when you can, obviously, in the off-season, go and watch some games and spend a bit of time over there? Yep, I've done a couple of, yeah, did a few trips over there. I actually, Andrew Bogut, the great man that he is, um, I, he sort of trained, he was from Sandringham as well, and so had a little connection with him and he loves his footy. So I, I messaged him one year when I was heading over there and he, he got me and a mate um, basically courtside tickets to the LA, it was Lakers v Clippers game one of the season. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, that was pretty special. Now, now I'm just going to try and ride um, Christian Petrarca's coattails and get over there and see Ben Simmons. I did mess- I messaged him about you trying to get a little bit of inside info, but he must be so busy he didn't get back to me. But my other- Petrarca? Yeah. Oh, he'd just be celebrating his best on-ground performance and uh, <laughs> win that time for anyone else at the moment after his weekend's uh, three goals or whatever he kicked. My other sources came through with the goods, though. So that's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. Man, that's all I had for you. Um, obviously, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you guys are busy back trying to get fit and healthy to, to play and, and whatnot. But, I, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out and uh, giving up a bit of your day. Absolute pleasure, mate. And next time I'm, we're in the same state, I'd, I'd love to come down and, uh, you know, see what I've still got. We'll get you on down. Maybe, um, hopefully, after this, MG might hook us up with our, our brand-new rides. <laughs> I'll come pick you up in the brand-new MG, which has... Have you been in one there? The sunroof, it's almost like a convertible. The thing is that big. <laughs> Unreal, mate. They are elite. But, um, no, nah, man, Jack, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for joining me on Gibbo Goes 101, driven by MG, our fabulous partners. And uh, good luck when you get back into a, into a game. Um, we'll be watching and wishing you all the best. Thanks very much. Cheers, bro.